12 months ago, commodity markets were depressed. We had elevated stocks and, and we had a lot of market uncertainty. Things got to be very concerning about the health of our commodity markets and what the impact was going to be on our farmer customers and the resiliency, how fast they bounced back was incredible. Hello and welcome to Wherever John May Roam, the National Corn Growers Association podcast. This is where leaders, growers, and stakeholders in the corn industry can turn for big picture conversations about the state of the industry and its future. I'm Dusty Weiss, and I'll be introducing your host, Association CEO John Doggett. You can join John every month as he travels the country on a mission to advocate for America's corn farmers. From the fields of the Corn Belt to the D.C. Beltway, we'll make sure that the growers who feed America have a say in the issues that are important to them with key leaders who are shaping the future of agriculture. Hard as it is to believe, it's that time of year again when planting is on the front burner. And so here at the NCGA, we're digging in on the topic of agronomy this month, talking to leaders of some of the world's foremost providers of agriculture inputs. In this episode, John catches up with Tim Glenn, the Executive Vice President and Chief Commercial Officer at Corteva AgriScience, about how they've navigated the roller coaster of the last couple years, what new technologies they're bringing to bear, and what kind of barbecue they cook up in Alabama. But if you haven't yet, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast in your favorite app. That way you can take us with you in your truck, your tractor, on your next trip and never miss an update from John. Also make sure to follow the NCGA on Twitter at National Corn and sign up for the National Corn Growers Association newsletter at ncga.com. And with that, it's time to once again introduce John. John Doggett, the CEO of the National Corn Growers Association and John, here in the Midwest, it's what we like to call mud season. It's that wonderful time of year between when the snow melts and when the grass starts growing, and we're just looking out at acres and acres and acres of mud. But for growers, this is the time of year when they start thinking about what they're going to plant in that mud and how they're going to protect that investment until harvest time. That's right, Dusty. And, And the decisions that growers are making right now have been making for the last several months. That's going to stick with them for the rest of the year. So a lot of interest in, in what those decisions are, are going to be and, and how they're going to be implemented. But here at NCGA, we're going to put an extra focus on agronomy this month with not one, but two podcast episodes talking to the leaders of the two biggest input producers in the world of agriculture. And our conversation today is with Tim Glenn, the Executive Vice President and Chief Commercial Officer at Corteva AgriScience. Tim? Thanks for joining us. Thanks, John. Great to be with you today. So, Tim, you've you've amassed nearly 30 years of experience in the world of agriculture inputs. Tell us a little bit about your background. We talked before we hit the record button a little bit about certain football team that you follow. But tell us about that, and, and how did you come to lead Corteva today? Well, you know, over the course of my career, I've never really imagined myself ever working in any industry other than agriculture. You know, for my decision to go to Iowa State and major in agriculture during the depths of the 1980s farm crisis, you know, all the way through my entire working life, it's been my focus. And certainly, you know, early interest came from my family and and uh, specifically on my father's side of the family. Uh, but it's been something that I, I was drawn to early. And, and again, I could never imagine working anyplace else. I mean, I spent my career in sales, marketing and business leadership roles and a couple of years leading our seed production group as well. 
And uh, as you say, I'm in my 30th year with Corteva and really proud to have had the experiences over that 30 years that have given me a, a great perspective on our industry, both here from a U.S. perspective, but also on a, on a global basis. I think I'm a little bit unique in my background because, you know, I talk about 30th year with Corteva. You know, Corteva is a new company that just came together. And um, I actually had the opportunity to work in all parts of our heritage organization. So I started my career in, in Pioneer and spent my first six years there. I actually spent nine years with Dowager Sciences and then came back to work in, in Pioneer. And then finally, uh, my last role in, in DuPont was as the leader for the crop protection business in DuPont. And that led us up to the time of the merge between Dow and DuPont. So I had this heritage of this experience of working in all parts of the organization. And now to be a part of the largest U.S.-based seed and crop protection company with 100% focus on agriculture is really special. And and to be able to lead the commercial organization that's focused on working with farmers and channel partners around the world, I generally say I have the best job in the company. And you didn't mention football, though. No, I'm I'm blessed because I grew up in Alabama and, and grew up a Crimson Tide fan. And certainly for the last 13 or 14 seasons, it's never been a better time to be a Alabama fan. And, and then, uh, you know, having gone to Iowa State and spent a lot of my career living in Iowa like I do right now, stay very close to the Iowa State program. And we're coming off our best season ever. So uh, two top 10 teams as uh, my focus. And, and that's great. And I won't talk about my pro team because the Minnesota Vikings uh, um, kind of let me down this past year. Well, I live uh, in the Washington, D.C. area, and we don't have professional sports here, so uh, you're lucky. understand. Yeah. So, uh, you know, relationship building is everything in agriculture, and, and certainly Corteva has proved to be a very important partner for us at NCGA. You're on our Ag Industry Council. You are very generous in your support for our corn yield contest with your Pioneer brand, and you folks really stepped up as a partner with us on Commodity Classic this year, and we really, really appreciate that. So tell me, why is it important for a company like yours to support commodity organizations? Well, I think the fact that you are farmer-led, no one understands the challenges and needs of our farmer customers better than you. Um, who else is there better to be closely associated with? And, and you know, you represent growers' interest on issues like trade and, and policy and, and really are a powerful spokesperson for the industry with media and government officials. And so, you know, we, we value our relationship very much with NCGA and other grower groups as well. We want to continue to work together to advocate for policies that support the success of U.S. farmers. And, and we will do that on our own and we'll certainly do it in conjunction with you. I think the thing that I will emphasize is that no one can underestimate the impact of a farmer's voice on issues. And you collectively as that industry voice representing corn growers is incredibly impactful. You know, we'll go out there and we can speak on our own behalf, but at the end of the day, industry has less impact than, you know, a couple farmer voices do on issues around policy. And so we really do appreciate your leadership and your role of developing grower leaders that are strong spokespersons for our industry especially as we work together through the global pandemic and obviously just wrapping up a virtual uh, commodity classic and a very successful event at that, I, I believe. So in the yield contest, you mentioned that, uh, and, and I'll, I'll just say that it's something that, you know, we, we put a lot of pride in, not just because our customers end up winning a lot of, of contests, but it really is an opportunity to demonstrate what the capabilities are of the genetics that we're putting out there and the management skills of the farmers. And so, you know, while not every farmer is able to replicate those contest yields, you know, what it does do is create that challenge to think about 
how we can try new tools and practices so that we can continue to improve year after year. And, that, and that's why we take a lot of pride in that. And certainly it's fun every year when, when we see farmers reach those new yield thresholds. So Tim, I have to ask, because it's so different from what most people experience in their life, but what's it like leading a Fortune 500 company like Corteva? You know, it's, I, I can tell you when I was uh, starting in this business, like I said, I couldn't imagine ever working any place other than agriculture, but I also couldn't imagine ever being in a senior leadership role like I am today uh, as part of a corporation like Corteva, but it is exciting. Um, it's exciting because, you know, I get to work with some of the best people in the world. We're having a positive impact on agriculture every day. And, you know, we have 20,000 people in Corteva who are 100% focused on the needs of our farmer customers. And while, you know, we're a big organization and certainly maybe hard for everyone to kind of get their head around what it's like to be a part of a a team of 20,000, you know, at the end of the day, it's people who are deeply committed to this industry, you know, have strong roots in agriculture and uh, strong relationships back to the farm today. And so, you know, we're going to continue to rely on those strong relationships and our great teams to help move forward. But it is a lot of fun. The thing that has never changed over the course of my career is the fact that every day we get to go out there and impact the livelihood of of producers around the world. And, And there's nothing that gets you more motivated than that. Tim, leading an organization like Corteva during good times is probably enough of a challenge. But if you look back at the last year that we've been through, through the pandemic, COVID-19, social distancing, everything being uprooted the way that it was, how do you go about leading an organization like Corteva through something like that? What have you learned as an organization and how has it made you better, would you say? It was something that, um, and and we're right at that one year mark from when things really did change for society. You know, we had, we'd had drills and practices and preparations for different things. And certainly pandemic was one of those items that we had talked about, but, but until you go through it, all the preparation in the world really isn't real until you actually have to implement. And first of all, we had to make sure that safety was our top priority, you know, at the start and all the way through the pandemic, especially as we were learning what this meant. And it was the safety of our customers, safety of our employees, and and all the stakeholders that we operated with. And of course, we had to adapt. You think about when it broke here in the U.S., kind of that first, second week of March, you know, we were well on our way towards preparing for planting and, and all the things that, you know, our customers were counting on. So we had to make sure that we never lost sight of our farmer customers and that we were continuing to be able to meet their needs through that entire process. And, and I'm very proud that despite the incredible headwinds and the challenges, you know, our teams continued to deliver, uh, whether it was uh, being there to answer our customers' needs, making sure that the product was there on time and our supply chains and practices really held up well uh, through that. And, and as we as we continued on, um, you know, obviously we were working more virtually, internally, but also uh, with our farmer customers as well. And so, you know, we've been implementing digital tools for some time. And and I think what, what COVID um, forced all of us to do is really accelerate the timing of that. And so we began to have virtual interactions with our customers that maybe in the past we never would have. And what we found was that we probably touched growers that we would not have been able to. They were able to participate or join events. And farmers who maybe 
in the past were very reluctant to use technology. All of a sudden, they embraced it as well. And so that's going to carry forward, and and we'll learn about that. You know, we needed to make sure that, that they were comfortable. And, you know, even a thing as simple as a seed delivery, you know, that was typically a very manual process. Somebody shows up at the farm and you're signing a document. You know, that's all been digitized today. So if a customer is less comfortable meeting face-to-face, you know, we have e-commerce solutions that enable that strong relationship to continue, but do it in a, in a way that's more comfortable from a, from a customer perspective. So, you know, we're, we're still in the field. We've never backed down, but we're doing things a little bit differently. And, you know, our customers have adapted. And as I said, I'm really proud that I don't think we ever missed their expectations through the course of the, of the past year. So, Tim, what's the most surprising thing about the pandemic and everything that we've been through the last 12 months, both for you personally and for Corteva as a company? Well, I think the probably the most, it, maybe it's not such a surprising thing, but something I'm really proud of is just how quickly we all adapted to the challenge. And then we, we, we took it on and then we moved forward. That's inherent in agriculture. You know, we deal with things and, and we figure out ways to overcome and, and that resiliency, you know, 12 months ago, if we would have been talking, we, we were probably in a situation where, you know, our commodity markets were depressed. We had elevated stocks and, and we had a lot of market uncertainty. Certainly COVID accelerated that. And when you think about ethanol markets being disrupted and, and feed markets and trade, things got to be very concerning about the health of our commodity markets and and what the impact was going to be on our farmer customers and the resiliency, how fast they bounced back was was incredible. And and certainly, you know, due to increased demand and some production challenges that happened in different parts of the world in 2020, you know, we've seen a, a commodity run up that's created a lot more optimism uh, as as we go forward. So, you know, the resiliency and and sort of the ups and downs, if you sit back and look at what we dealt with over the course of the year, really incredible. And I think one other thing I'd, I'd pass out there is that I think we all got a little creative in terms of how we develop solutions. And, and I'll share something that we did at, at Corteva. You know, with the technology we use to develop products is cutting edge technology. And what we found is that here in Johnston, Iowa, our laboratory technology fit very well with COVID testing. And when you think about the early stages of the pandemic and we couldn't run enough tests to necessarily decide who who was or wasn't at risk, we brought on uh, capability. And, and over the course of the year, we've been able to provide a significant amount of the capacity in the state of Iowa on our site here in Corteva for COVID testing. And, you know, we collaborated with hospitals and other healthcare organizations to, to bring that on, got an approval. And, and uh, even yesterday, uh, I'm traveling this this weekend to go see my parents in Alabama, and I did a COVID test at the office and it was collected and completed there on site. And it, and it took about four hours for me to get my result back. That's something that through all the preparations you could never have imagined, but, but it also shows the science and technology that we utilize in agriculture and how it can have an impact even beyond developing the next great corn hybrid or soybean variety. It's truly amazing how quickly people across the country in agriculture and outside agriculture have embraced this technology. And Zoom has entered our nomenclature. And and I finally realized here about two weeks ago that our growers really have embraced this Zoom technology when one of the older growers I was on a Zoom call with had to remind me to take myself off mute. So, you know, you know you, when you reach that point, you know, you know, you know this, this is going to work pretty good. So, uh, you know, we've reached a point where people are getting their 
COVID vaccines, and we hope that they are getting their COVID vaccines. We cannot encourage you strongly enough to get your vaccine. But you know, Tim, is it too soon to start feeling optimistic about the future again? As you're looking forward to the year ahead of us in agriculture, what are your expectations for the season and the year and kind of what's just on the, the immediate horizon? Well, I'm an optimist by nature. I probably wouldn't have lasted 30 years in this industry if I wasn't an optimist, given the uncertainty that we can deal with on a year-to-year basis. And it's also one of my favorite times of the year because, you know, we're we're in that stage where, you know, we're kind of getting ready to unleash this machine and, you know, we're going to go plant 90 plus million acres of corn and another 90 million acres of soybeans, maybe. And, and so it's easy to get excited about what's going on as we sit here today. And the, and the good news is, Dusty, while it may be muddy outside there, Field conditions are actually pretty nice here in Iowa, and uh, we've had you know good run of warm weather, and we're past the mud stage here, so we just need to make sure we're closing the window on cold and wet from this point forward. But uh, I'm jealous. Yeah, as, as I look forward, um, clearly the rebound in the commodity prices, as I mentioned, is, is is a big deal. And I think a year ago it was easy to be pessimistic about how long was it going to take to work through some of the high carryover stocks that we were seeing on a global basis, and and we kind of move through that really fast and so much better position there. I think, again, the, the resilience for demand and commodities versus the lows of last year, you know, the ethanol, we're not quite back to where we were before, but it's gotten closer. And, and certainly, you know, some of the scary things we were seeing where um, we weren't sure if our livestock producers were going to be able to process animals and, and what exports, how that might flow, that, that sort of um, gotten back to normal. And, and I think the other part is the fact that we've been through this now and we've kind of been through a full cycle uh, of this, the ups and the downs and the challenges, and, and we've proven that we can work in new ways. And so that that's really exciting. And the other part is I'm always excited because, you know, every year we get to bring out some new piece of technology and, and our customers are always, you know, wanting to know what's that next great product that, that we're going to bring. And, you know, we got tremendous products like Enlist E3 soybeans and, and Chrome uh, corn hybrids, our brands, both Pioneer and Brabant are doing well. And just the pipeline, you know, being able to get the those products back out there in the field and, and demonstrate the performance is, is really exciting. So it's very easy for me to be optimistic this time of year. Well, you know, anytime I talk to somebody in the seed industry, there's always a lot of enthusiasm and Gosh, you just take a look at where that seed technology has gone over the last few years. Tim, what what would you say are some of the most important advances in seed technology and how have they improved growers' margins? It's an incredible journey. And I will mention that this year we're marking the 95th anniversary for the Pioneer brand. And so, you know, Henry Wallace founded this company 95 years ago, and we were the innovators that introduced hybrid seed corn into the market. So it's a really exciting year for us just because it is a milestone, but we've been at this for a long time as well. And, you know, the things over the course of my career, what I've seen is trend yields back in the, in the late eighties were in the low one twenties. And as we sit here, you know, a little over 30 years later, trend yields are in the 170s. And by the way, we're doing that on 20% more acres than we were back then. So just that productivity, it's not just sort of what you see, it's what you actually feel in terms of our results. Clearly, um, how we develop new seed products has, has completely changed over the course of my career. We brought automation, we brought digital technology into the, the product development and so the pace of change, the speed of technology is just incredible. And along with the rate of gain that we've been able to increase, the probability of success of new hybrids and varieties is much greater when we introduce them because we know so much more about the genetics we're developing today. 
the other thing I would highlight is management practices that farmers are using have continued to improve, whether it's from tillage to improvements in, you know, across the board from an agronomic standpoint, you know, farmers are able to get more out of that seed and do it in a more sustainable way. And, and then finally, all this, ha- it has really been enabled by some new d- digital technologies. And my, my perspective has always been that farmers are able to make improvements when they can manage details. Um, it's those discrete decisions that they make and how they act upon them that that, that are really important. And, and today, farmers have more data than they've ever had, and, and they're in a position to act upon that data and do it in every decision uh, so they can get the most out of their their inputs throughout the season. And, you know, I, I believe we're we're still on the front edge of what's possible in agriculture. And so while we've seen, you know, yields continue to improve over the course of history, we're going to see that continue forward. And technology is going to move forward at a faster pace. You know, we're investing in building our capabilities that deliver new products and services and information that are going to support farmers' needs, driving productivity and sustainability going forward. And, and we're doing it you know, as we strengthen our core plant breeding capabilities, biotechnology, crop protection, but we're also doing it as we partner with others across the value chain. And, you know, we're going to partner with our traditional folks in, in agriculture, but there's also folks outside of agriculture bringing technology uh, and ideas that are, that are going to be really important. And so we've made tremendous progress, but that progress doesn't stop and we're going to continue to press on and I believe continue to accelerate that pace again in the future. Well, Tim Glenn, the Executive Vice President and Chief Commercial Officer at Corteva. What's on the horizon? What's in the pipeline for the next five to 10 years? Well, we're committed to research and bringing new technology to market, and that's really what our customers expect. And so we got a full slate of technology. You know, on the crop protection side, we got new formulations and active ingredients that deal with the difficult pests that our customers are always faced with. And 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 I'd say that, you know, a trend that's coming in that space is that you know, we're really focused on continuing to develop products that that kind of are for more natural sources and are considered to be more environmentally sustainable products. And I would also expect over the next um, number of years that you're going to see more impact from biological products that'll complement our traditional products or potentially bring new solutions uh, to our customers. You know, the journey to continue to bring next generation hybrids and varieties is never over. And so much like I talked about bringing the Enlist Weed Control System into the market, you know, we're going to continue to bring those new products and and new biotechnology traits that not only bring new functionality and value, but also, you know, sustain some of the improvements we have. So next generation corn rootworm traits, as an example, to deal with the the long-term risk around resistance. And, And certainly as we come forward, Digital offerings are, are more important every year. And, you know, we know that customers are still in the, uh, call it the early stages of adopting and, and realizing value. But, you know, we're focused on bringing digital technology that will allow them to make better decisions and get the most value out of the products that we're bringing to them. It's a never ending journey to develop new products and obviously continuing to develop new and better practices uh, in conjunction with our farmer customers is important. So, agronomy is always going to be critical. And, and as we have new questions that that come up around carbon and new opportunities that that may um, be in front of our customers, you know, we want to be partnering with them to to help make sure that they're making the best decisions possible. So we've had a number of discussions at NCGA about what's the farmer going to look like in 10, 20, 30, 40 years, and, and how do we stay relevant as an organization as that next generation and the one after that takes over the farm? What are you doing at Corteva to stay relevant? 
Well, clearly, you know, as long as I've been around, we've always talked about next generation producers and, and you know, we've, we've gone through a long run of consolidation and, and no reason to think that we won't continue to have bigger, more sophisticated operations that we'll be working with. We stay close to our farmer customers and, and you know, it's their feedback and input that really drives it. I think also going forward, you know, we got to stay close to consumers and, you know, maybe more closely connected up and down the value chain. And that is something that's changed a lot. And I think that the voices about what we're doing and how we're operating uh, within agriculture are going to continue to be very strong. And, you know, we we don't have the freedom or the ability just to kind of bury our head and, and ignore it. So I think the farmer customers who are are willing to connect up and down the value chain is going to be important. Farmers who will be willing to continue to change and, and evolve are, are going to be critical. And, and obviously, you know, we're focused on bringing solutions that, that support that, uh, that those long-term trends that, that we're facing around biologicals and digital technologies and helping them get the most out of their nitrogen decisions uh, as well. So it's a never ending journey and um, staying close to the customer and, and also staying close to consumers is going to be really critical. Do you have any advice for us at NCGA in our efforts to stay relevant? You know, you know, I think I think you all do a, a great job of representing corn farmers here in the U.S. and and also have a an international impact as well. And and you know, clearly for any one of us, we got to stay focused on the issues that are important to our farmer customers. And you know, whether that's trade and market access, you know, clearly that's a global issue. You know, there's only a handful of countries in the world that have the ability to produce and export. Of this crop, and and so making sure that we have good market access for our products on a global basis is, is absolutely critical. When you think about technology and and making sure that technologies are accessible to our customers, not just in terms of approvals here, but approvals around the world, and and we really appreciate you know collaboration with with you all to to ensure that we've got technology uh, accessibility around the world, and 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 also I would say you know just making sure we have sound policies whether it's coming out of Washington, D.C. or other bodies that impact our customers and, you know, ranging from the farm bill or to anything else that can create opportunities or potentially derail what's happening with our customers. And so staying close and representing their interests and needs. And I think also being a beacon and, and helping communicate back as well is important. You know, farmers are very independent. And, um, you know, while we have tens of thousands of corn growers who may come together, they also are making decisions independently. And I think that that you can also be a tremendous source of information and, and insight for them as well as they structure their operations and, and think about where they go in the future. Well, you know, we, we at NCGA represent corn farmers here in the U.S., but, you know, we work with international organizations and, and partners a lot. What are you hearing from farmers that you support around the globe in terms of, of challenges that they're facing? Well, a lot of the a lot of the challenges are the same, and you know, in my in my job, I get to work with some of the most sophisticated farmers around the world, and there's a lot more similarities than differences when it comes right down to it. They have similar concerns. It's about market access. It's about being able to ensure that the products that they're producing are going to be accepted and 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 have free access to markets. And so, you know, to me, that is absolutely critical. 
while we will compete with certain markets um, when we think about you know share of trade and things like that here in the U.S., fact is that you know the world needs all that we're producing today, whether it's corn or soybeans or other commodities. And so it, it's, it is really important that we have that competition for share of market, but we also respect the fact that we're all a part of the solution in terms of providing feed and fuel for the world. And so that to me is, is absolutely critical. I, I would also say that on a global basis, that question around the consumer connection is really important and making sure that we continue to build that bridge and also that from an agricultural standpoint, that we advocate and educate what we're doing in a very transparent and collaborative way. I don't think agriculture should be confrontational or adversarial with outside voices. I think we have a real opportunity to do it in a more collaborative way here in the U.S. and around the world. We have a great story to tell, and we just need to keep telling it and telling it and telling it. And we need to let the farmer voice be at the front of that discussion over and over again. And the farmer voice is the most credible voice, absolutely the most credible voice. Had that conversation with one of our grower leaders just this morning, and I've been around agriculture all my life so far, but I'm not an active farmer. And that voice is really, really, really important. So that's one of the things we do. And one of the things we're going to continue to do, you know, Tim, last year was a roller coaster, but you know, let's not forget 2019 was a roller coaster too. We've had two pretty tough years back to back, but I'm pretty optimistic. What gets you excited about the future of corn and your company's role in that future? Well, I, as I said, it's easy for me to get excited because I see what the future can hold. And I'm excited that the technology that we're bringing, you know, will help us to continue to push the limit on what's possible. And whether it's through top-end yields or the impact we can have in terms of sustainable practices. You know, I'm pretty excited about the the yield contest winners, whether it was David Hula reaching 600 bushels a couple of years ago or thresholds that were reached this year. And again, while not every producer needs to be setting that as their benchmark, you know, there's things that David does year after year that allows him to continue to raise the bar that, that I think every producer can do. And I'm also really excited about the opportunity to help bridge the divide that has been emerging between consumers and farmers and really help society understand the importance of farming and agriculture. And certainly corn uh, here in the U.S. Is, is as important as any crop we have and should be at the front and center of that conversation we have with consumers. You know, it was about a year ago that we were all learning how to do Zoom calls. I had never been on a Zoom call before March, and I didn't know what Zoom was. So this is one of our favorite questions here. If you could Zoom bomb anyone, <laughs> Zoom bomb being a, another new word, just show up unexpectedly on a Zoom call with somebody, who would it be and why? That's a great question. Maybe, maybe some of the people who are most important in the history of our company, that would be interesting if, if you put some of our founders on a Zoom call and how would they do things differently. And uh, whether it's from Henry Wallace, who found a pioneer in 1926, or some of the great leaders who I uh, learned from as I joined the organization, we all think we're so smart or so modern or do things so well. But, but I would be interested to see how, how those folks who didn't live in sort of the technology-enabled world that we have today, how would they handle things? You know, one, one of the great things about our company is we have, uh, you know, legendary people who came in front of us who helped make it all possible. And I have an enormous amount of respect for them. And it would be great to learn some lessons from them kind of in a modern context. All right, Tim. And I'm going to give you one last opportunity to get yourself in trouble. All right. <laughs> What's the best barbecue place in the great state of Alabama? You know. 
if I'm going to a game in Tuscaloosa, just out of tradition, you got to go to Dreamland. And I know a lot of people would argue whether that's the best one or not, but that's uh, that would be probably a game day tradition for us. If I'm visiting my parents in Foley, Alabama, I would say Moe's Original, which is very close by. And I'd say it's it's not necessarily spectacular barbecue, but it's the place where my parents really like to go. They don't go out a lot anymore, older, but uh, my dad always gets a smile when we have that. And I was already thinking as I go down there next week that uh, on Monday evening, the, I know exactly what he's going to order and I'm going to take him to Moe's for some barbecue. And what kind of sauce? I'm not a sauce guy, so. Oh, okay, okay. This is good to know. If I if I do any sauce, I might do some spicy, but I'm generally not a sauce guy. All right. So, if you make the meat well enough, you don't need the sauce. <laughs> Tim Glenn, the executive vice president and chief commercial officer at Corteva AgriScience, thank you so much for joining us on the NCGA podcast. I'm John Doggett. I'm the CEO of the National Corn Growers Association. Thanks for listening. And tune in again soon for another episode of Wherever John May Roam, the NCGA podcast. That is going to wrap up this edition of Wherever John May Roam, the National Corn Growers Association podcast. New episodes arrive monthly, so make sure to subscribe in your favorite app and join us again soon. Visit ncga.com to learn more or sign up for the association's email newsletter. Wherever John May Roam is brought to you by the National Corn Growers Association and produced by PodCamp Media, branded podcast production for businesses, podcampmedia.com. For the National Corn Growers Association, thanks for listening. I'm Dusty Weiss.